In August 1914, as the British Expeditionary Force conducted a fighting retreat from the Germans following the Battle of Mons, a strange story began to circulate. Outnumbered and in danger of being overrun by the Kaiser's army, the British were saved by a supernatural army that descended on the advancing Germans. Some said this army consisted of English bowmen from Agincourt, others claimed it was winged angels led by St. George or the Archangel Michael. But what was the truth? I came across this particular story when I was about 10 and my granddad brought me a book about myths and legends. It's always intrigued me. Is it just a tall story or could there be an element of truth in it? Unlike some myths and legends like Robin Hood or Ragnar Lothbrok or Joseph of Arimathea visiting Cornwall with a young Jesus, this story is almost within touching distance. Our grandparents, for many of us, were alive when the Battle of Mons was fought in the First World War. Some of their parents or uncles or older brothers, our relatives, might actually have been there. Truth or fiction? Weary soldiers hallucinating or a supernatural phenomena? This is the story of the Angels of Mons. With the declaration of war on the 4th of August 1914, the advance units of the British Expeditionary Force, the BEF, were rapidly embarked for the continent. Landing in France, the BEF marched into Belgium to counter the German advance. And on the 22nd of August, less than three weeks after the outbreak of the war, the BEF were deployed along a 20-mile front outside the mining town of Mons. The following day, they encountered the Germans for the first time in what was to be called the Great War. The ensuing Battle of Mons lasted all day and through the night into the 24th, with the British defending a line along the mons Cond Canal. Despite inflicting significant casualties on the Germans, possibly 5,000 for 1,600 of their own, superior German numbers meant that the BEF position was becoming untenable and risked being surrounded. On the morning of the 24th of August, the commander of the BEF, Field Marshal Sir John French, ordered a withdrawal. Apart from one corps and two corps becoming separated, the withdrawal was conducted in good order, but was, in those early days, always in danger of being overwhelmed by the German war machine. In between their 20-mile-a-day marches, the BEF had to turn on fight on several occasions, simply to hold von Kluck's army back and give themselves more breathing time. And it was from these desperate days of retreat that British soldiers claimed that a heavenly army came to their assistance. The Angels of Mons. Although, initially, it wasn't angels that supposedly came to their assistance, but an army of ghostly English archers from Agincourt. Now, it so happened that just a month after the Battle of Mons, Arthur Machin penned a story that rapidly took on a life of its own. A native of Monmouthshire, 51-year-old Machin had a reputation as a horror writer. In fact, modern horror writer Stephen King has referred to one of his books written in the 1890s as an influence on his own career. The Welshman had joined the team of the Evening Post a few years before the war and flicked between factual reporting and fictional stories. On the 28th of September 1914, he penned a story entitled The Bowman. It drew upon his horror and ghost-writing background, but placed it slap-bang in the middle of recent events. Written in the first person, as if by a soldier on the spot, it tells the story of the heroic retreat from Mons. With the Germans coming on in never-ending numbers, the soldier calls out to St. George for help. Suddenly, the night sky was filled with a ghostly army of English archers from Agincourt, led by St. George himself. The archers fired heavenly arrows at the Germans, who fell back. A great story, but the problem was that the evening news didn't acknowledge it as a story. Placed alongside factual articles and written as if it was a testimony from an eyewitness, 
the general public came to the conclusion that this was a report of a real event. It seemed that Britain's army had been saved by God, and priests and vicars up and down the country asked if they could reprint it in their parish magazines. Machen agreed, although somewhat bemused, he pointed out it was a fictional work. One priest responded that the facts must be true. Machen had simply elaborated them. As parish magazines carried Machen's story, the ghostly apparition took on a life, so to say, of its own. Fresh reports appeared, quoting soldiers who had genuinely seen this ghostly army of medieval warriors from Agincourt. Other reports went on, stating that hundreds of Germans had been killed by arrows. Others, that they had simply fallen dead with no signs of wounds at all. The Catholic paper, The Universe, gave an account from a Catholic officer that as his men charged, they called on St. George for design assistance. Suddenly, ghostly archers were forming a line in front of them, firing arrows into the oncoming Germans. A German prisoner supposedly asked the British why some of their men were wearing suits of armour. Another, why they couldn't kill the British general riding a white horse. And soon the stories were moving in an altogether more heavenly direction. The medieval ghostly bowmen were now morphing into winged angels. These angels descended from the night skies on the Germans, whose horses reared up in terror. A group of Coldstream guards, who were almost surrounded by the Germans, were guided to safety by a female angel. And the stories kept coming. It wasn't any old angels who had appeared. It was the archangel Michael, the warrior angel who fights Satan in the book of Revelations, whilst others claimed it was St. George himself. A wounded private from the Lancashire Fusiliers told a nurse that the heavenly soldier looked just like St. George on a gold sovereign. And whilst not seeing angels or archers per se, a senior NCO, non-commissioned officer, from the Grenadier Guards, was quoted by journalist Harold Begbie as seeing a shining light in the sky between the British and German lines. A similar phenomena was reported in the paranormal journal The Light in 1915. An officer told the publication that several other officers and men had seen a strange cloud interpose itself between the Germans and the British. So was the British army saved by ghostly warriors or heavenly angels in August 1914? Or was it all made up and somehow people were now believing Machen's story as the truth? The simple answer is that we don't really know. If you believe in God or ghosts, then you might believe one thing. And if you're a sceptic, you'll probably decide another. Some have argued that the British troops were mentally and physically exhausted. And under those conditions, were their minds playing tricks on them? The retreat from Mons lasted two weeks and covered 200 miles. That is physically and mentally hard going. And that was on top of a battle, which in itself would have tested nerves, and during which many of the men hadn't eaten for more than 24 hours. The mind can do strange things under that sort of pressure. Frank Richards from the 2nd Royal Welsh Fusiliers recalled a man next to him swearing blind he could see a castle nearby, where Richards could not see a thing. Was the heavenly or ghostly army simply men's minds running riot, hallucinating? The French authorities dismissed talk of heavenly hosts and suggest that the lights in the night sky were the northern lights. A British army chaplain claimed that the British had been using searchlights to spot the advancing Germans, and these lights and the shadows and silhouettes they threw up probably confused some of the men. What is interesting is the stories were never first-hand accounts. They were always second-hand. You know the famous, a bloke my brother knows sorts of stories. Those who told the stories or claimed to have been near the events were often afterwards proved to be nowhere near them at all. For instance, General Charteris wrote about the heavenly host saving the army retreating from Mons after the war. But he didn't claim to have seen anything himself. 
He was just retelling stories told to him. And unfortunately, he doesn't specifically quote any soldier, dead or alive, who told him this story. Not a single regimental history from any unit involved, including the Middlesex, the regiment, the Royal Fusiliers, the West Kents, or the Coldstream Guards, who were all in the thick of the action, recorded the events. And remember, some of the Coldstream Guards had supposedly only escaped thanks to the guidance of an angel. Later in 1915, the Society for Physical Research, a body that was and continues to be advocates for the psychic and paranormal, poured cold water on the whole Angels or Archers of Mons legend. And yet, just like any legend or myth, it can't be completely proved false. For a start, maybe men had genuinely seen these visions, but unfortunately, they had all been killed in action during the subsequent four years of the war. It is possible. And how can we account for the fact that the visions were reported from different places and at different times? Were there really men hallucinating all over the battlefront? And don't forget that many of these men were seasoned professional soldiers, not raw recruits. They'd seen action before. Indeed, they had just given the Germans something to think about as they fired their Lee-Enfield rifles at 15 rounds a minute. And they knew about marching. Many had marched miles under the scorching South African sun during the Boer War, yet some of them had been serving for over 15 years. Were these the sort of men to start hallucinating or fabricating stories? Who knows? Fact or myth, it became part of Great Britain's First World War folklore. And therein lies one more tantalising thread. If you believe the story, then Britain's soldiers were saved by God. In other words, God was on the side of Britain and her allies. Even by September 1914, horror stories were being told about the Germans. Raping nuns in Belgium, impaling babies on bayonets, supposedly using bayonets to crucify a captured British soldier. Surely God was on the side of good, i.e. the Allies, against the evil Hun. Roll forward into the spring of 1915 when these stories really started to gain traction, and the First World War was moving from some sort of chivalrous war of the past into a merciless modern industrial war. Back in 1914, cheering crowds had welcomed news of the war. Crowds besieged Buckingham Palace, cheering wildly. Men had volunteered in their hundreds of thousands across Britain. Whole communities signing up together, the Powell's battalions, eager to see some action and worried that the war be over by Christmas. Now Christmas had been and gone. The cream of the BEF were dead. The war had already taken on its bloody stalemate on the Western Front. The losses were already hitting levels that Britain had never experienced before in any of her colonial wars. In January 1915, the first Zeppelin raids on Great Yarmouth and Kings Lynn heralded a new kind of warfare that would bring civilians very much into the war. Meanwhile, a month later, the German Navy launched an unrestricted U-boat campaign on ships travelling to Britain. This is how the Lusitania was sunk off the coast of Ireland in May 1915, with the loss of over 1,200 lives. The cheering and euphoria that had erupted when Britain had entered the war back in the previous August seemed a distant memory. So, whilst Arthur Machin's story about the ghostly bowman was just that, a story, the idea that God was on Britain's side against the evil Kaiser was a useful propaganda tool for the government. It might not be true, but it served as a narrative. And quite frankly, history is full of narratives that have holes in them, but which help build a national esprit de corps. In fact, the Angels of Mons, or the Archers of Mons, was so widely believed as true that when Machin then published the story in a book with an introduction pointing out that it was merely a story, he was accused of being a traitor. And yet, for all that, was it real or fiction? 
one fact does stand out. Despite being outnumbered 2-1, to one, the British Expeditionary Force had held the Germans at the Battle of Mons. Then they had conducted a well-ordered withdrawal for 200 miles in just 13 days, keeping one step of the Kaiser's war machine. And during that withdrawal, on several occasions, they had turned and fought off their pursuers, most notably at Le Cateau. And through these actions, the BEF was saved. Maybe it was simply British pluck. Or maybe someone, somewhere, was watching over them after all. Thanks for joining me today and check out my other stories. Did you know, for instance, that the first British soldier to die in the war was killed at Mons, and so was the last to die four years later? They're buried in the same cemetery, facing each other. I'm going to upload that story very soon. Don't forget that you can support me by subscribing to my supporters channel, where you get extra exclusive stories from me. And your support will enable me to research even more interesting and enjoyable hot stories from British history. Thanks to Robert, Colin and Harry for joining recently. This is Chris Green, the History Chap. Thanks for listening. Keep well, and I'll speak to you again very soon.